0: Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious and loving Father in heaven, we give you thanks again for the gift of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. For we know that in his suffering and death on the cross that you have opened up to us and to all people the way of everlasting life. And so we pray that by your spirit and the power of your word, you would continue to be with us as we learn and as we grow and as we live in this world, but most especially as we live in your kingdom. Be with us this day and help us to understand what it means to be a kingdom people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What does it mean? It's a great question. In our Old Testament lesson today, uh, we read that, that God is telling his people, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And we learn elsewhere in scripture that indeed we are, because we believe in Jesus Christ, a kingdom people, a royal nation, God's own people called to him by the power of the water and the word. And so we want to take a few minutes this morning to just talk about what does this mean to be a kingdom people. Uh, We know that Jesus is teaching his disciples and then he's laying things out for them. And and he's proclaiming the gospel, as as we heard this morning in, in Matthew, the gospel of the kingdom. And while he's proclaiming that gospel, he's healing diseases and infirmities and he's touching the lives of people in ways perhaps that they've never been touched before. And so what do we learn about the whole idea of living in God's kingdom as God's kingdom people? We learn that life in God's kingdom involves other people. And this is important because there are so many people out there who believe that, that Christianity is is kind of this individual thing and that you can be a Christian and, and that you can believe in Jesus and all of that, but you never have to involve yourself in the life of the church or of the body of Christ or indeed uh, the kingdom. And yet everywhere that we look, Jesus is always involving people in what he's doing. The only time that we see Jesus isn't is when he draws off by himself for a period of time to kind of refresh and recuperate and to pray and so Christianity is designed to be a, a, a practice of faith where we are with other people and that's why it's been so disconcerting for us over the past few months when we haven't been able to gather for worship, when we have been, if you will, somewhat isolating in our own homes and even though it's, it's, uh, it's uh, unique that we can gather together over the internet and with technology and all of those things, it's still not quite the same thing as being together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. We feel that because we know intuitively as Christians that this isn't supposed to be a Lone Ranger type of operation. That rather it's working with one another and living with each other, ministering to one another and being equipped to serve the greater kingdom and world around us. But let's take a look at God's kingdom specifically because as we, as we understand what scripture teaches us about the kingdom of God, the very first thing we begin to understand and what Jesus begins to preach when he says the kingdom of God is at hand is the whole idea of God's kingdom of grace. That's what Christ brings into our world. He begins to teach people about love and forgiveness. The whole idea of grace which really has been distorted and the whole idea has been lost through all of the Old Testament times with God's people. And so he starts to bring that back. And we see it as he practices grace in his ministry, as he begins to deal with individuals. Notice many, many, many times when he is healing people, what does he also do? He talks about forgiveness. Go, rise, take up your bed and walk. Your sins are forgiven. Uh, to the adulterous woman, a woman, uh, you know, he who is without sin, cast the first stone. The whole idea of sin and grace and the forgiveness of God being poured out to us. And, of course, we know that that comes to us because of his death on the cross. But the power to forgive sins is instrumental to the whole idea of the kingdom of grace. And as we walk in that kingdom and as we live in that kingdom, we are to share that grace and that forgiveness with those around us. And with that, of course, the love of God. That sometimes is hard because it's hard sometimes to love people. Sometimes it's hard to love people who are a little bit different. You know, um, if, if, if we really sat down to, to hear Stinky's story, he would tell you about times when he's walking down the street and people cross the street to, to avoid him. Now, we know what Harry would say. Harry would say, that's because you need to shower, Stinky. Stinky. But but he's different. And sometimes when people are different, we're a little scared or we're a little afraid. And sometimes I think people are afraid of us as Christians. They're afraid that maybe we're a little different or maybe that we think different or talk different. And they would be right. But we have to go out into the world and understand that just as we are sometimes afraid to share our faith, sometimes people are afraid to hear it. And so we look for those creative ways to share the love of God and to live in this kingdom of grace in such a way that we exemplify it to the world around us so that we remove the fears, if you will, that they see in us Christ himself, the kingdom of grace. Scripture also talks about the whole idea of the the kingdom of power. And it's a reminder that God has power over all of creation, that he created all things by the power of his spoken word. God said, let there be, and there was. And we saw that last week as we were examining the, the, the whole aspect of the Holy Trinity. But the power of the spoken word, we, we sometimes forget that it's there, but it's still there. The power of the gospel is still there to change lives. And the spoken word has the ability to penetrate to the heart of people. And to remind them that there is a God who loves them. And in this kingdom of power, and sometimes these kingdoms overlap a little bit, we need to remember that God has given to us within this kingdom a measure of his power, the keys of the kingdom to forgive sins. Sometimes you'll hear people say, well, only God can forgive sins. Yes, but God entrusts that power to his church and to his people to look at other people in our lives and to say, I forgive you. And you know, when we're really saying, when we say I forgive you, is we're saying I can forgive you because Christ empowers me by his own death on the cross to extend forgiveness to you. You see, I can't really look at somebody and say, I forgive you, because I don't really have the, the means or the power to do that. I can only do it through Christ, who gives me the power and the strength to do it. In fact, sometimes in our humanness, we look at somebody and we're really saying in our hearts, I don't really want to forgive you. It's kind of like when, you know, you have little children and they're fighting a little bit and you grab one of them and tell, you, know, say to your brother, uh, you know, you're sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then you say, and you, what do you say? And you know you're supposed to say, I forgive you. And so you go, I forgive you. And then mom says to both of you, it doesn't sound like either one of you mean it. Right? Why? Because sometimes in our humanness, we're reluctant to let go of the hurts and the pains. We're reluctant to forgive other people because... We've been hurt. And yet, look at Christ. To the ones who drove the nails through his hands and his feet. Hanging in pain from a cross, he looks at them and says, Father, forgive them. He looks to the ones who are gambling for his clothes. Father, forgive them. He looks to the ones who are mocking him and spitting on him and calling him names. Father, forgive them. He looks 2,000 years into the future at our own behavior and our own hearts, and he says, Father, forgive them. We have a Savior who walked in this world, who understands in our humanness and his humanness, how difficult and challenging it is at times to let go and to turn it all over to God. Kingdom of grace, kingdom of power, and of course, the kingdom that we look forward to, that kingdom of glory, when one day we will see him in heaven face to face, when we will stand outside of this creation and stand before the heavenly gates, where he says, come in, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Where he says to us, well done, good and faithful service, not so much in reference to our doing the deeds, but to our hanging on to the faith. The kingdoms of grace and of power and authority uh, it makes us all God's kingdom people. But as we live as his kingdom people in this world, we also need to remember that what he calls us to do is exactly what it says in the gospel, to go out and to share the good news of the gospel, that is to be his ambassadors to be ambassadors of the kingdom. I love the story that I heard one time of a gentleman and he would use this and I know I've told you this before but it's a great reminder to you that he would he would do a lot of flying in his business and and as he would sit next to other people invariably the conversation would come around something to like so what do you do for a living and he had taken it upon himself many times to say well I'm an ambassador and he would string out the conversation as long as he could, and people would say something like, Oh, that's fascinating. What's it like to be an ambassador? You know, or maybe uh, it, it eventually rolled down to, uh, Who are you an ambassador for? And he would answer, uh, The king. And, and they'd go, Well, which king? And he'd say, The king. He'd just string it out as long as he could, and then finally, ultimately, it would come down to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I am an ambassador for Jesus Christ. We all are, but we often don't think of ourselves in that role that we are ambassadors of Christ to this world, that we represent Christ to the world, that we are to put forward and to put it in the political terms, his policies, his practices, his guidance, his truth. To live it in our lives in a way that we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in both word and indeed. That we represent him to an unbelieving world into a world filled with people who are opposed to the truth. That we live it in word and indeed in such a way that there is no accusation leveled back at us. But rather that we can stand firm in the gospel and say, I believe in Jesus Christ. And he is the answer to the challenges and the problems in the world today. And the things that we face in the world today. Because you see, God sent him for the whole world. And God sent him to die for the sins of the whole world. And God didn't exclude people from that phrase, the whole world. And we read in scripture, every language, every tribe, every nation, all people. Because you see, in Christ, the sins of our culture and the sins of our world can be cleansed. But only through Christ and so it's beholden upon us. The task is before us, that we indeed should, as we were reminded in the Great Commission on the days of Pentecost, that we are to go, to go to all people, and we can do that right here in our own community, that we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with all people, not just the ones who look like us or or talk like us, but people of all generations. People of all backgrounds, people of all languages, people of all tribes and cultures, and of all nations. They come here. We see them down at our mission. We see them in the workplaces. We see them in the stores. We see them in our neighborhoods. We all have opportunity to share the gospel. To tell people about the kingdom in which we live, about God's love and grace and his mercy, about his power and about that kingdom of heaven where we're all headed. Starts with loving people, just as Christ loved them. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.